the class, like we said, is like the soul of 98. It's a remedial class in order for a person to get to the point where they can actually uh, start their spiritual journey. And um, the prerequisite even to that prerequisite class is this first chapter, uh, which is uh, the chapter regarding Tawbah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. قال النووي رحمه الله تبارك وتعالى قال العلماء التوبة واجبة من كل ذنب فإن كانت المعصية بين العبد وبين الله تعالى لا تتعلق بحق آدمي فلها ثلاثة شروط أحدها أن يقلع عن المعصية والثاني أن يندم على فعلها والثالث أن يعزم لا يعود إليها أبدا فإن فقد أحد الثلاثة لم تصح توبته وإن كانت المعصية تتعلق بآدمي فشروطها أربعة هذه الثلاثة وأن يبرأ من حق صاحبها وإن كانت مالا أو نحوه رده إليه وإن كانت حد قذف أو نحوه مكنه منه أو طلب عفوه وإن كانت غيبة استحلها منها استحله عفوا منها ويجب أن يتوب من جميع الذنوب فإن تاب من بعضها صحت توبته عند أهل الحق من ذلك الذنب وبقي عليه الباقي فقد تظاهرت دلائل الكتاب والسنة وإجماع الأمة على وجوب التوبة. So we start with a, a technical definition given by Imam Nawawi رحمه الله تبارك وتعالى who is an Imam of this tradition. He is a muhaqiq of the Shafi'i madhab and he's a great muhaddith. Uh, his minhaj uh, 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 on the, as a comment, sorry, not the minhaj, Afwan, I forget uh, the name of the, the commentary, but his commentary on Sahih Muslim is a canonical commentary and it's an abridgment of the previous commentaries on Sahih Muslim. His uh, uh, mastery in the craft of, of hadith is to the point that his commentary on Sahih Muslim is used in the madaris uh, of the world as a companion to the study of Sahih Muslim. Uh, and uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's almost a universal textbook. Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala was a genius. He died before the age of 40. And uh, he never married. He never owned a house. He never did anything. All he did was he used to sleep in the masjid and he just wrote. Uh, by day and night, he just studied, taught, wrote, studied, taught, wrote. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him. His, uh, 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 his maqam in the ummah, it's going to become like a complete like distraction from the dars if we talk about it. But I, I, I recommend people uh, look into it because he's a very amazing uh, individual even for, uh, for the standards of the ulama of Islam. So he writes that Tawbah is an obligation from every sin that a person commits. Uh, and if the sin is between the slave and between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and doesn't have to do with the right of another human being, uh, there are three conditions to that tawbah. Uh, the first is that the person stop doing the, the sin that they were doing. The second is that the person should feel bad about having committed the sin. And the third is that the person, um, they, they, they resolve never to return to that sin again. And Nawi rahimullah ta'ala says if one of these uh, one of these conditions is missing, then that person's toba is fake. That person's toba is not, it's not proper. Uh, Imam, uh, one of the Imams of the tradition, Fudail bin Iyad, ta'ala, who was essentially a brigand, used to, uh, used to be a highway robber. Uh, basically, him and his band would, uh, by force, uh, steal from people. And then he made toba, and uh, uh, he went back to his people that he used to uh, steal from and begged their forgiveness or uh, 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 returned uh, what he stole from them to them over, the, over a matter of decades. Over a matter of decades. And he will become actually an imam in a number of different things, not just the sawf, but in hadith as well. Uh, his hadith are narrated in, the, uh, in Sahih Bukhari, which is amazing because Imam Bukhari was such a He's such a hard person to get to narrate your hadith. He met Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, but he never narrated from him uh, because every hadith Imam Ahmad had, Bukhari had with a, with a, with a, a shorter chain. Uh, uh, so the fact that you even make it to Bukhari is like somewhat of a 
somewhat of an achievement, even if your hadith is sahih. So uh, Fudail bin Iyad is, is, a, is, a, is a very remarkable person. He's a, a companion of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah ta'ala as well. So he said this, that the person who, the, the person who uh, uh, stops a sin and then repents from it while having secretly hidden the intention of the, in their heart to return to that sin, that person, their toba is known as a, like a liar's toba. It's a, it's, it's a toba of a liar, uh, meaning it's not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, there's, some, there's some detail that should be uh, added to this. And the first thing is that uh, Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala being a faqih, uh, he mentioned three attributes of the tawbah, but they shouldn't be taken as steps that you do this, this, and that, and then your tawbah is done. Rather, they're attributes that describe a state in the heart. Remember we talked about this just a minute ago, that the subject of tasawwuf is the way the deen manifests itself in the heart. And so, one of my teachers, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, 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 keep him in his protection, uh, 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 Mawlana Muhammad Hassan, uh, he, we read the back half of, uh, 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 the back half of Tirmidhi from him, and the front half of the Mishkatul Masabih in several volumes of the Hidayah and the Sunan of uh, Abu Dawood, uh, Shamail, a number of books from him. He's a he's a villager. He's not a he's not like a super sophisticated person. So uh, and there's a difference between sophistication and intelligence. He was a very intelligent person, but he wasn't a super sophisticated person. He said, "Think about this picture: a man goes hunting, and then he has the prey within the sights of his rifle, and then he pulls the trigger, and then afterward he blinks and opens his eyes and no, re- realizes instead of shooting the prey, he shoots his only child." The grief that comes from the heart and the ah that comes from the heart and the burning feeling that a person had that they wished they could give anything in the world to just take that moment back. Uh, that's what the reality of Toba is inside of the heart. And um, if a person has that, then they'll obviously stop doing what they're doing. And they'll obviously not want to do it again. And they'll obviously, uh, 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 you know, regret what happened. All of these things and even more. There's even more adjectives that can descri- describe that state. Uh, um, but that's what these three things are and that's what they describe. Now that being said, uh, many, many sins that people commit are things that are, that are uh, connected to like addiction or to things that are not so simple that a person can want to leave them and never come back. This country is full, full of alcoholics. And I'll go one step further and say the Muslim world is filled with alcoholics. And it's not a new thing. The Muslim world is filled with alcoholics from the time of the Sahaba. There are people who Rasulullah in his own Medina, Munawara, people that their iman, uh, a person you know, from, from our day and age, uh, uh, the most saintly of our people, their iman wouldn't compare with theirs. But they were addicted to drinking, you know. And there are people who were punished for, for drinking by Rasulullah in the time of the Salaf as well. And so, uh, you know, people like that shouldn't hear uh, this description of Toba and despair. Why? Because my experience is that alcoholics are the ones who hate alcohol the most. Because they've experienced what damage it does. They've already lost their job. Because of it, they've already lost all of their loved ones. Their wives have left them. Their children have left them. They've made fools of themselves. They've gone to jail. They've gone through all of this difficulty. And so they're the ones who hate it the most. And so a person might say, well, why should I make Toba right now? And Sheikh just said that if you're going to go back to the sin, then your Toba is the Toba of a liar. Then, uh, you know, like, what's the point? Because every time I wanted to stop, I've always gone back. And the fact of the matter is, is that certain sins, uh, the tawbah is like a work in progress. And, in, and remember, we said aqidah, the seed of aqidah, sorry, the seed of, uh, of tasawwuf is in the heart. It's not in the mind. If you in that moment hate that sin so much that you never want to do it again, your mind will tell you, well, you're probably going to end up doing it again tomorrow. That's, the mind is not where, where the seed of the, the tawbah we're talking about is. It's in the heart. So if a person makes Toba, uh, 
in that moment, it's sincere. And if your mind is like, well, you're probably going to end up doing this thing again tomorrow, uh, that sh doesn't interfere with your tawbah. What it should do is cause you to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what? That, ya Allah, help me to make it not happen again tomorrow. And your mind will come up with several schemes in order to help you uh, practically implement what your heart wants, which is to give up sin. And so that's a separate process. And that's, again, part of the practicality of, 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 of what actually what tasawwuf actually is, is trying to figure out how to do those things. But the toba, the seed of the toba, is not in your mind and your scheming. You may never be able to give up the sin. You may take a long time. It may take a great amount of sacrifice. A number of outcomes. It may leave you easily. It may do, you know, a number of outcomes are possible. Those things are more about other stuff. The tasawwuf is what? Is that you should feel the sincerity in that toba in the moment. And don't deny your heart the sincerity of that toba. Rather, inculcate it. Let it have a seed in your heart. Uh, 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 hold on to that feeling as much as you can. Uh, it becomes like a habit, just like a person who goes to the gym the first time is not going to uh, bench press 300 pounds. Many people can't even lift the bar the first time they go to the gym. Uh, uh, but, you know, your toba will also become stronger and stronger. So as a very practical matter, certain sins, a person can just, you know, spiritually do the equivalent, just, just shoot it and it's done. You'll never do it again. Right? Certain sins are, are like you have to strangle it. It'll take like 30 seconds, a couple of minutes for it to, for, for it to die. It, it takes a little bit of effort. Right? Certain sins, if you try to get rid of them right away, your nafs will come after you in, in such a, it, with like so much vengeance, it will put you in an even worse spiritual situation. Uh, like for example, uh, anyone here like a social worker or something? Uh, if you, if you uh, uh, that's right, everyone's a doctor. Clearly, I guess if you're a doctor, you should or want to go to med school, you should know this too, right? If a person's addicted to heroin and they just quit cold turkey, what's going to happen? You will die. You will probably die. Why? Because that's such a sin. If you try to give it up cold turkey, your nafs will come after you hard. It will literally kill you. Your nafs will kill you. Your body's like, ah, oh, what did you do? Where is that? Get, give it back. Otherwise, I'm going to punish you for this, right? Uh, okay, so then don't give it up cold turkey. <laughs> Right? Then shoot up half as much tomorrow as you did today, or I don't know, however, you know, however it is. That's, these are all plots and schemes for the mind. Don't let that interfere with the state inside of the heart, because the mind will be like, oh, you're not going to actually give this thing up you know, uh, right away, so your toba is not real, so why make toba in the first place? Why let this feeling enter into the heart? Because it hurts. It hurts to have that feeling of regret inside of your heart. It's not... It's not like something that, uh, you know, is enjoyable that a person's like, yeah, oh yeah, I want to I wanna do that. It hurts, it hurts a person to have that, that, that feeling inside of the heart. But uh, inside of that pain, there's some khair as well. Because it, it, it cleans a lot of, uh, a, a, a lot of uh, stuff from the heart that shouldn't have been there in the first place. And uh, it becomes a very powerful impetus for a person to write. What did we say? This chapter is like a prerequisite for the rest of what's inside of the course. It becomes an impetus for a person to power themselves forward. So instead of, instead of embracing a culture which is more, more and more uh, uh, touted as days go on, uh, a culture of self-esteem and not, uh, you know, like don't blame yourself for anything and feel good and anyone who reminds you or makes you feel ashamed of yourself or anything that makes you feel ashamed of yourself, push it away and push it aside. Um, no, there are certain things we should accept blame for. We should accept uh, 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 shame for. We should feel bad about. Not everything, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're white, you shouldn't feel bad for being white. If you're black, you shouldn't feel bad for being black. If you're brown, you shouldn't feel bad for being brown. If you're born with, like, you know, you're, you're born with some sort of uh, natural impediment or handicap, you shouldn't feel bad about it. People shouldn't make you feel ashamed about it. That's the type of, uh, of shame and blame a person should push away from their life. But there's, if you actually did something wrong, then you should feel bad about it. The ability to feel bad about your sins is itself a sign of righteousness. Um, nobody is a Nebi that they're born ma'asum, that they're born like uh, infallible. Uh, and so the righteous people also have sins. The sign of their righteousness is not, righteousness is not that they don't make uh, mistakes or do sins. The sign of their righteousness is what? Is that they feel bad about it. They, they're, 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 they're not shameless people. 
So continuing, uh, continuing with the description of Nawawi rahimullah ta'ala, he says uh, that, that if the sin has to do with the right of another human being, then there's a fourth condition as well, which is that that right also has to be either fulfilled or forgiven. So if you borrowed money from someone, you have to pay them back. If you, uh, uh, if you took something from someone, you have to re- repay them. If you, uh, 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 you know, talked bad about a person, you have to make it right. Because that's a haq as well in the deen, right? The hukuk in the deen are not only monetary. A person's honor is just as sacrosanct as their property. Uh, obviously, the First Amendment doesn't cover that. But there's nobody, including the, the founding fathers of this country, that said that the Constitution is an all-encompassing document that, that, that uh, covers every aspect and facet of life. It was just a, a document that's there to govern how, uh, how the state and the, the populace deal with one another. And it came from a set of people who recognize that uh, government authority is something that needs to be curtailed because when it's unchecked, it, it, it takes over things. So it's a very minimalist document in that sense even. Uh, and so the First Amendment and it being a free country and whatever, it doesn't extend to the akhirah. And it doesn't extend to the deen. And just because you have the legal right in America to say whatever you want to say, even though that's not really technically true, uh, even if it were true, just because you have the legal right to say it doesn't mean that in the deen you have the right to say it. There are many things that a person doesn't have the right to say. You know, you cannot, you cannot get up and say, well, you know, I disagree with people, but like, you know, they have the right to say whatever they want to about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So no, they don't have the right to say it. If they say it, it's a sin, it's a, it's a crime against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and against the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa You don't have the right to talk bad about your, your friends and your, your relatives or other people. You don't have the right to talk bad about them. There's obviously exceptions to this rule. The ulama say that a person who openly commits a, a major sin uh, and doesn't try to hide it, that person, the sin is, there's no longer any sin in, in saying that thing about that person. So if a person is a drunkard publicly or whatever, uh, then there's no longer any sin in saying so-and-so is a drunkard. But again, there's no khair in saying those things. Anyway, coming back to the issue, uh, all of these different rights that a human being has, um, the Toba includes those three things that we mentioned previously and a fourth condition, which is that you have to have that person, either you have to repay them for what you took or what you destroyed of their haq, or you have to have them forgive you. Uh, and inevitably the question comes up, well, you know, like I back, by, I back by bit somebody and uh, if I ask them for forgiveness, they're going to be like, what did you say? And if I tell them, it's going to cause more fitna and more fasad. And uh, the answer, the first answer to that question is, well, you have a problem, then don't you? And, and so it's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as-sa'idu man wu'idha bighayrihi. The happy one is the one who takes a lesson from other people's misfortunes. So it's a good lesson for us to just bite down on our tongue and not uh, talk bad about people. Because you will, your tongue will put you in certain situations like that, that you then will be in a conundrum, you cannot retrieve yourself from it. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, obviously there are things that a person can do if you feel like you can just ask them for general forgiveness and they'll forgive you, then go ahead and do it. You know, if it's going to cause more fitna, then by no means should you cause more fitna. Uh, maybe you can give sadaqah in that person's name or, or, or do something else to try to make it up, up to them. But you put yourself in a difficult position. And this is one of the things that people say, I, I kind of, it irks me because they say it in the wrong way, even though there may be some uh, portion of it that's, that's, that's correct. They say that the hukuk al-ibad are greater than the hukuk Allah, that the, the rights of other people are more important or greater than the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why you should, and you should be careful of not violating other people's rights. Uh, from an aqidah perspective, I think this is a completely wrong way of saying it because Allah Ta'ala who created the heavens and the earth from nothing, uh, uh, there's no one in the creation whose rights come anywhere near what, what, what the rights of Allah Ta'ala are. In fact, the only reason that we... we Recognize the rights of one another is because of the right of Allah Ta'ala. It's because of the right of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Otherwise, theoretically, if a person could rob another person and get away with it, what's, why, why not do so? You know, if a person can take advantage of another person and get away with it, why not do so? 
Uh, and, you know, we live in America, mashallah. You guys are in the south. A good portion of, of this part of the country is literally built on slave labor that was never compensated. And ostensibly, it seems like basically the people who did that are going to get away with it in this world. Nobody gets away with anything in the hereafter. That's why, that's the most easy way of understanding, describing why, uh, uh, why a person can't abuse the rights of another person. The reason other people's rights are, uh, have priority, practically speaking, not, not, not in a conceptual sense, but practically speaking, is because Allah Ta'ala took the prerogative of forgiveness on Himself for those sins that don't involve the creation. Those sins that do involve the creation, He gave the prerogative of forgiveness to the creation. And Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He describes Himself with the attributes of forgiveness. Whereas the creation is not described with those attributes necessarily. And uh, that's, why, that's why those sins are, 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 are very perilous because you put yourself in a situation where you're going to have a, a great deal of trouble to extricate yourself from them. If a person, after you know, uh, speaking with one of the ulama, finds that there's no way that they can seek forgiveness from the person, oftentimes what happens, people backbite somebody and that person dies, or uh, they'll steal from someone, that person's gone. With money, even then, you can at least give the money to their heirs. With backbiting, it's very difficult for a person to uh, retrieve that haq after, after, the, after the, the, the victim of their of their sin has passed from this world. At that point, all you can do is maybe give sadaqah in their name or, 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 or uh, something like that and keep doing so with the hope that Yawm Al-Qiyamah, when they see what you did for them and your sincerity toward them, they will feel inclined, they'll feel inclined to forgive you. But there are certain sins, for example, murder. Uh, uh, murder is such a sin that obviously is different than backbiting, but... We're talking about Tawbah right now, right? Murder is such a sin that that person, if they don't forgive you, you will definitely go to the hellfire for it. You will definitely go to the hellfire for that if they don't forgive you. And it's difficult, you know, it's difficult to imagine like if you killed somebody that they'll be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Especially if, if that person themselves, you killed them in such a state that they weren't able to make Tawbah from their other sins, then they're going to go to the hellfire, then they're going to see very little... Uh, uh, incentive in you, uh, uh, you know, in you getting off scot free, even though you drag them into the fire. In fact, Yom Al Qiyamah, it's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. When people are crossing the Sirat, there's some people that their account will go just fine, but because of the small things they did that sent other people's lives into a tailspin, those people, as they're plunging into the fire, they'll grab you by the ankle and pull you in with them. Uh, that's why it's very important. Don't don't mess with other people like this. Uh, and if a person is, you know, habitual of that, then you should s- stop. And if you're already deep into this issue, then, uh, uh, you know, do your best to extricate yourself from it while you're here. And uh, 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 there's always a balance between uh, 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 being heedless of your uh, responsibility toward Allah and toward others and giving up hope in your, your repentance especially when it has to do with other people. Uh, but there is a, a sm- amount of fear, a small amount of fear that a person should have with these things. Uh, and hopefully that fear itself will push the tawbah in the direction of sincerity. And the more sincere tawbah is, the more Allah Ta'ala is going to make the means for you to uh, uh, be pulled out of that sin, the more those means exist. And the more kind of lukewarm your tawbah is, uh, uh, then the less uh, the less force there is driving your 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 toba toward acceptance, uh, and Allah Taala knows best. Nawi rahimullah Taala he mentions then a khilaf, a difference of opinion between the 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 ulama. What do you say about a person who is committing sins and they made sincere toba from some of them but not all of them? And so there were from the ulama those who said that if a person doesn't make toba for all of their sins then it's as if they made toba for none of them. Because the original, the, the, I don't want to use the word original sin because that means something else in, in, in this culture, but the, 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 the foundational sin, which is irrigating the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is still there. Because the belief in Allah ta'ala is only valid if you believe in everything. 
Allah Ta'ala says to the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya ayyuhal Rasulu, Ballig ma unzila ilayka min rabbika fa illam taf'al fa ma ballag, Ballig ma unzila ilayka min rabbika fa illam taf'al fa ma ballagta risalatuhu, wa fi qira'atin fa ma ballagta risalatihi. That, uh, O oh, Messenger, make reach uh, 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 the, the messages of your Lord. And if you're not, uh, if you don't do so, then it's as if you haven't conveyed the message. And in a, in a different qira'ah, it's as if you haven't conveyed the messages. And the ulama say both of them mean the same thing. Why? Because the person who hides part of the message is like the one who hid the entire message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you give him or you stint him part of his right, it's as if you stinted the entire right of him. Because the idea is Allah ta'ala is the one that you submit to completely and wholly. Uh, uh, and so he mentions that there are some of the ulama that say that, that tawbah is not valid unless it's from all, all of a person's sins. So if a person is, for example, dealing drugs and drinking alcohol and missing their prayer and like uh, whatever, uh, 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 you know, these three sins at the same time. Say, so I make tawbah from my, from my dealing drugs and from my uh, drinking alcohol, but I don't have to pray. Right or, or or like I, I missed my prayer. So what? It's not a big deal. It's not like I'm de- still a drug dealer or I'm still a drunkard. Um, that's problematic. But no, we rahimullah says that 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 the, the majority of the ulama and the more correct opinion is that the person who makes toba from some sins, their toba for those sins is cor- is correct, and they then have to focus on what's left. Uh, they still they have to focus on what's left. But yom qiyamah, the sins that you made toba from you won't be asked about and you won't be punished for uh, 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 rather than, rather than uh, uh, that tawbah being completely, uh, completely useless. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Allah Ta'ala وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ وَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى اِسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ وَقَالَ تَعَالَى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْبَةً نَصُوحًا uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said and these are very few ayat rather the mention of tawbah is so, so plentiful in the book of Allah ta'ala Allah ta'ala says all of you repent to Allah ta'ala uh, uh, altogether, together oh you who believe uh, uh, perchance that, that you may be of the successful and that you may be uh, the people of success taba yatubu in the Arabic language means to turn so it's a metaphor, repentance, the metaphor for repentance is that you're like facing away from Allah Ta'ala and then Allah Ta'ala, then you turn around and face Him again. Right? That you're not paying attention to Him and then you turn around and your attention goes toward Allah Ta'ala again. Uh, obviously in Aqidah, this is a very problematic way of stating things, but we're, we're talking about what the literal meaning of Taba Yutubu means to turn around essentially. And uh, uh, the idea is that Allah Ta'ala, one of His names is At-Tawwab. The one who's constantly making tawbah. A person might ask, what does that mean? What does that mean, constantly making tawbah? Allah Ta'ala is one that's constantly making tawbah. Um, it means he's constantly turning to the creation. And the idea with tawbah is this, is that you won't repent to him until he, his, his, his mercy uh, engages you. And from his mercy, you then have in your heart the courage to repent to him. So your tawbah to Allah Ta'ala is a consequence of His tawbah to you. Not in the meaning of repentance, but in the meaning of turning. Again, it doesn't imply a spatial relationship, but it's a, 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 a relationship of tawajjuh, of the focus from Him to you, of, your, of His mercy, and from you to Him of your, of your regret. Uh, and so a person who is avid for the love of Allah Ta'ala will constantly uh, turn toward Allah Ta'ala again and again in his every uh, moment, in every state, in every time of the day and night. Uh, why? Because they're avid to receive that mercy and that love from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Most High says, Seek forgiveness from your Lord, then turn to Him in repentance. And Allah Ta'ala says, O you who believe, uh, uh, Repent to Allah Ta'ala with a sincere repentance. Tawbatan nasuha. Nasuha has, has the same root as nasiha. Nasiha means what? Nasiha means, brother, I didn't like your khutbah, so I'm going to give you nasiha now. No. It's sincere, sincere advice. Sincere advice. And one of the meanings of nasiha is ikhlas as well. It, it, means, it in itself also means sincerity.
So you turn to Allah Ta'ala in a sincere repentance. As for the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, we read, uh, and when we read the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we read them with an unbroken chain of narration. So the adab is what? When the hadith is being read in the Arabic language, that you stop fidgeting around and doing what else you're doing and talking to your neighbor and whatever, and listen as if you hear it from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself. Uh, and this is a ritual obligation. Then if you want to check your phone and text messages and whatever, then when the translation or the discussion is happening, it's maybe not good adab, but it's less of a breach of protocol. Uh, uh, when the hadith is read from somebody who carries the sanad of the hadith, uh, uh, when it's read in the Arabic language, you should listen as if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, saying it. And Sayyidina Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, qala, sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yaqulu, wallahi inni la astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi fi al-yawmi akthara min sab'ina marra. Ruahu Bukhari. And so part of the adab of hearing the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and the benefit is to say the Salat and Salam after his name is mentioned uh, uh, and by sitting in that majlis then that way the, the majlis in which teaching is going on also becomes a majlis of dhikr and many of the, the, the muhaddithin they uh, used to see Rasulullah in their dreams uh, uh, so many times and they ascribed that maqam to what? to having said Salat and Salam on his name so many times in the day while just going about the business of being muhaddith of learning and reciting and teaching the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so we narrate from Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, who said I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say uh, I swear by Allah ta'ala that I ask Allah for his forgiveness and I turned to him in repentance in, the, in a day more than, a, more than 70 times. Uh, uh, and we'll see in the next hadith, عن الأغرر ابن يسار المزني رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الناس توبوا إلى الله واستغفروه فإني أتوب في اليوم مئة مرة رواه مسلم that Aghar bin Yasar al-Muzani رضي الله عنه narrates that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said O oh people, uh, turn in repentance toward Allah and seek His forgiveness because I turn in repentance to Allah Ta'ala more than a hundred times in the day. So there's a couple of things to take from this. I mean, from the aqidah point of view, a person might say, well, what does it mean for Rasulullah Wasallam to make istighfar, to seek forgiveness from Allah Ta'ala if Allah Ta'ala already forgave him? Uh, for, for everything and that's on top that doesn't even make sense if you think about the idea that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is, is, is ma'asum that he's protected by Allah ta'ala from committing sins he doesn't commit sins and so the ulama say that the istighfar of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a, a, a show of his slavehood to Allah ta'ala and it was teaching the ummah for, to do what they needed to do and the occasion that he used to make istighfar for is if he felt that he did something that Allah Ta'ala deserved more from him. Or that he felt that he did something and then thought later on, maybe I could have done even more. Uh, or I wish that I the, conveyed the wish that he could have done even more. Uh, that's what his istighfar was. There's no sin or mist- uh, in that sense or, or wrong that he did, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, that's a lesson for us as well. Which is what? Oftentimes we try to practice the deen in terms of bare minimums. Uh, in terms of, well, do I have to, and this and that. And the fact of the matter is, Allah Ta'ala who created, who created everyone from nothing, and His right over everybody is uh, uh, complete and without any exception. He's the one, Jalla wa'ala, if He wished to, He could throw the creation into the hellfire. And it wouldn't be a zulm from Him. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that everybody who enters Jannah will enter Jannah through Allah's mercy. And they said, even you, Ya Rasulullah. He said, even me. Now, if some of us were to say that, it would have been bad adab. You don't talk about the Messenger of Allah wasallam like that. But he said it himself. And the reason he said it is what? It's conveying some sort of meaning that's mandated by revelation that should be conveyed. Which is what? Allah Ta'ala is right over everybody's absolute. He doesn't owe anyone anything. You can't say he wasn't being fair. You can't say stuff like that. 
that's a, as a point of aqidah, we believe that Allah Ta'ala, we say it's impossible for Him to be unjust in the sense that because He created everyone from nothing, you know, He has such complete ownership. It's the same thing if, you know, if I, if I were to take this, uh, you know, bottle of Fiji water and uh, uh, throw it in the garbage can or pour it out into the grass. You know, you're not going to call the judge and say like, oh, look, he, he didn't, you know, use the water correctly or whatever. The judge will say, well, did he steal it from somebody? No, he paid for it. So what's your problem? You can do whatever he wants with it. It's his. It's his. Right? So if you realize that Allah Ta'ala's uh, haq over his creation is like that, then you think about silly things that you did. If Allah Ta'ala, Yawm Al-Qiyamah asks you, you lived such a long life, you almost never prayed the sunnah before and after Zuhr. It's not only embarrassing, but Yawm Al-Qiyamah, there will be a fear on that day that people will have that if he wished to, he could punish me because I have no good answer to give him. And you realize that, that he, I owed it to him to do this and I didn't do it. And on this day, if he punishes me for this, there's nobody who can stop that from happening. Not physically, nor mentally. Like, it, it makes sense. It's completely rational on this day that that was his right and I didn't give it to him. Uh, and so there are things that we don't even think of as sins on that day. They're going to look and feel really bad. And this is another thing Rasulullah was constantly aware of the haq of Allah Ta'ala like that. That, that the sharia is a mercy in the sense that Allah Ta'ala, who has the right to demand everything from us, demands so little. And so the tawbah of a person, legally speaking, has to be from those parts of the sharia that a person didn't fulfill. But for a person who is, whose heart is attuned to the rights of Allah Ta'ala and the, the, the gravity of His sacred presence, that person may make toba from certain things that are that are not legally a, 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 a technically a sin, but they just feel embarrassed in front of him that they did that. And there are a lot of things that a person should feel like that from from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So this is the meaning. And if Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who is divinely protected from sin, is making toba uh, seventy times and a hundred times in a day, then what lesson does it have for us that are unfortunately quite unprotected from sins uh, uh, that we, we, we have so much more need for that uh, 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 and so much more uh, reason that we should also adopt, uh, adopt that, 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 that mode of being that we constantly repent to Allah Ta'ala for things again and again uh, for things again and again to Allah Ta'ala وَعَنْ أَبِي حَمْزَةَ أَنَسٍ إِبْنِ مَالِكٍ الْأَنْصَارِيِّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ خَادِمِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لله لله أفرح بتوبة عبده من أحدكم سقط عن على بعيره وقد ضله في أرض فلات متفق عليه وفي رواية لمسلم لله أو سوري لله أشد فرحا بتوبة عبده حين يتوب إليه من أحدكم كان على راحلته بأرض فلات فَانْفَلَتَتْ مِنْهُ عَلَيْهَا طَعَامُهُ وَشَرَابُهُ فَأَيْسَ مِنْهَا فَأَتَى شَجَرَةً فَاضْطَجَعَ فِي ظِلِّهَا وَقَدْ أَيْسَ مِنْ رَاحِلَتِهِ فَبَيْنَمَا هُوَ كَذَلِكَ إِذْ هُوَ بِهَا قَائِمَةٌ إِذْ هُوَ بِهَا قَائِمَةٌ عِنْدَهُ فَأَخَذَ بِخِطَامِهَا ثُمَّ قَالَ من شدة الفرح اللهم أنت عبدي وأنا ربك أخطأ من شدة الفرح. So this is a very beautiful uh, hadith. Uh, uh, وما بكم من نعمة فمن الله that you have no no uh, blessing except for it's from Allah Taala. One of the greatest uh, وظائف and jobs of the Anbiya عليهم السلام was to convey uh, the message of the Deen to the people in such a way. That it caused them to uh, uh, increase in their love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, uh, and this is one of one of those uh, beautiful uh, uh, examples of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not only conveying the message but conveying it in in such a beautiful way that it causes a person to uh, feel love for Allah Taala. Abu Hamza Anas bin Malik, may Allah Taala be pleased with him. Uh, he narrates that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. 
Indeed, Allah is more intense in his joy at the repentance of his slave. Uh, so this is what, remember we said Tawbah is a two-step process. The first step is that Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, his mercy hits you and then after that you feel the impetus to repent for your sins. Uh, without his Tawbah toward you, your Tawbah toward him is not possible. And what is, what is the feeling of Allah Ta'ala's uh, uh, witness of your having come back to him? He says that uh, indeed uh, uh, Allah is more pleased with, uh, uh, pleased with you and more intense in his joy at the repentance of his slave than one of you would be if he was traveling in a desolate land uh, riding, uh, and his riding beast escaped from him, taking with it his food and drink. So a person is traveling in the desert uh, um, and so you know, off, you know, the desert isn't a forest. You're not going to find trees to tie a camel to. A camel is a very powerful animal. It'll pull a bush right out of the ground. So what they used to do, they used to hobble the, hobble the camels. They would tie the legs together so, so close that the camel could like only like just move very slowly, like just hop a, like a couple of inches at a time. So how far is it going to go, right? But uh, imagine a person is traveling in a desolate land and they you know, stop and take a nap and then the, the camel becomes unhobbled and just takes off. And it has its, the food and drink and all of the supplies that that person needs. And uh, 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 they, can't travel, they can't travel to the next place of watering before, before they're going to die of thirst. So if a person is in such a situation, obviously they're, it's, it's not a good situation. Say so if a person was... As, uh, so like the likeness of a, a person... Traveling in a desolate land, and his riding beast escaped from him, taking with it with him his food and drink. Uh, and he gives up hope in finding it, and looks for the, the camel everywhere, gives up hope, and then he finds a tree uh, uh, and sits in the shade and lies down, having despaired of any rescue. So I think this this is it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pass out now, and I'm gonna die. That's it. There's no there's no more hope left. And then. Uh, 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 after that, he uh, wakes up in that state uh, and he sees his riding beast is standing right next to him. And he takes the beast by the reins and exclaims out of intensity, the intensity of the joy, Oh Allah, you are my slave and I'm your Lord. Only misspeaking out of the intensity of his joy. That imagine such, a, such an amount of joy if it came on a human being, it would overwhelm them to the point where they would lose control of their ability to even say a simple sentence like that correctly. Uh, uh, that, that amount of joy, if it came over a human being, it would overwhelm them. Uh, that's the amount of joy that, that Allah Ta'ala feels when he witnesses his slave uh, 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 making tawbah. On Abi Musa, Abdullah ibn Qais al-Ash'ari, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu anil nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, qala inna Allah Ta'ala, يَبْسُطُ يَدَهُ بِاللَّيْلِ لِيَتُوبَ مُسِيءُ النَّهَارِ وَيَبْسُطُ يَدَهُ بِالنَّهَارِ لِيَتُوبَ مُسِيءُ اللَّيْلِ حَتَّى تَطْلُعَ الشَّمْسُ مِنْ مَغْرِبِهَا Abu Musa al-Ash'ari narrates that the Messenger of Allah said, Indeed Allah Most High spreads His hand out. Meaning what? Meaning that He accepts the, the, the tawbah at night time for the person who sinned in the day. And he uh, spreads his hand out in the daytime for the, for, to accept the tawbah of the person who sinned in the night. And it will keep being this way until the sun rises from the west. Meaning what? As long as this world is here, the sun rising from the west is the sign that qiyamah has started already. As long as the, the world is, is, is going, that person, uh, 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 that person has this offer on the table. And so the, the mention of accepting the tawbah of the sinner of the day and the night time and vice versa, it has in it a, uh, uh, an idea that there are certain circumstances that certain people are prone to committing sin in. And so if you remove yourself from those circumstances, your chances of repentance are higher. Obviously, people are not going to be committing the same amount of sin when they're sitting in like whatever dars of the hadith of Rasulullah as they are at work or at school, or when nobody else is around, or you know, uh, when they're out of town, or when they're you know, in a number of different circumstances. 
So the idea is, and this is one of the very practical parts of Tasawwuf, right? This has nothing to do with selling amulets and it has nothing to do with like seeing dreams and none of that stuff. It's very practical. It's like, okay, well, if I commit a lot of sins when I'm at such and such place, maybe I should just stop going to that place as often. You know, if you need to, then maybe if I need to go there, like it's work, I have to go to work, then maybe I should like, you know, not spend as much time there except for as much as I need to. Or maybe I should... You know, make basically there's all these practical things a person can do in order to curtail the, the opportunity for that sin to happen in the first place. And when you curtail those opportunities, then you have enough, more courage to suck it up and resist them uh, 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 when those things happen the few and far between times. Whereas if you have to be in resistance mode 100% of the time, nobody can live like that. Everybody will get worn out and tired of it at some point or another. Uh, so this is... This is a, 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 this is, you know, part of the, the meaning of this. This hadith is if you're like prone to sin in a certain place, then once you get out of that place, it, it's easier for you to make toba. Make it at that time. In fact, that's the natural thing to do. That's what's accepted of you. Expected of you, Afwan. Huh? That 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 if a person finds themselves prone to sin in a certain situation or time and place, then. Uh, uh, it will obviously be easier for them to make toba when they're not in that time, place, or circumstance. So that's not a sign of your hypocrisy to make toba when you're out of that circumstance. Rather, that's the natural, that's like the logical, common sense thing to do. That's why you pray five times a day. So you have five times to make toba when you're probably, you know, while you're praying, you're obviously not going to be able to rob a liquor store or commit zina or whatever, right? Uh, uh, so that's a, a very natural and very logical time to make toba for sins. Uh, you know, when you're, if you're doing i'tikaf for 10 days in the year, right? Not the like i'tikaf, social i'tikaf we have in this country where you mashallah make friends and have the bonds of a lifetime and whatever, but you actually spend the time like praying and, and reading Quran and things like that and doing zikr, which is what the i'tikaf is supposed to be. That's a natural time to make toba from stuff that you're doing when you're not in the masjid reading Quran all the time. That's again, it's not a sign of hypocrisy. Rather, those institutions exist in the deen. Uh, Largely so that you have a time to make toba for for your stuff uh, that you're doing, uh, and and uh, uh, you know again that doesn't mean that okay while I'm in the masjid I'm good and when I, I'm I'm outside I have a license to be some other way, but it means that a you have to make toba whether or not you stop sinning or 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 or, or become a better person, a person has to have some place that they can make toba. And the idea is that if your toba is sincere, it becomes stronger and stronger with time. Just like a person, you know, becomes stronger and stronger the more they lift weights or run or do any of these things. And so the hope is that you keep doing it again and again. And one day your toba is strong enough that it it, it uh, overwhelms you uh, uh, from committing the sin. So we'll read. Uh, uh, let's see. We'll read two more hadiths and then we'll take a break. Inshallah, they're relatively short. عن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من تاب قبل أن تطلع الشمس من مغربها تاب الله عليه. So Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم said in the hadith of Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه, the one who uh, 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 repents before the sun rises from the west, that person Allah accepts their repentance. Meaning what? This is also a trick of shaitan, which is what? Oh, you're so horrible. Allah will never accept your repentance. Why Allah will never accept your repentance? Is there anyone whose horribleness will overwhelm Allah Ta'ala? What are you going to do? How much sin are you going to commit? Imagine if everybody in the world, like all the countries, nuked the crap out of each other, right? They're saying that, that the, the orange-headed one wants to increase the stockpile of nuclear weapons in, in this country by tenfold or whatever. We already have an insane amount of nuclear weapons in this country. We, you know, like, they can annihilate like all life on earth other than cockroaches, uh, like in f- less than an hour, right? But even that, that's like a horrible sin. Imagine a person like is an idol worshiper and they kill everybody in, in the world, including themselves, right? The world is like going to be fine. After 100,000 years, the earth will probably be better off than it is right now without us. No one's sins are going to, if you can't even destroy the earth, how are you going to destroy the universe, right? If you c- can destroy the universe you're still much weaker than the one who created it. So this is a, a, itself a sin that's actually, it's, a, it's worse than the sins that we actually commit, which is the idea like, oh, I'm so horrible, Allah will never forgive me. You're, you're so impressed with your own self 
and you're so impressed with your own sins that you think it, it phases Allah Ta'ala that he's going to like be so hurt that you did something that he's not going to forgive you you're like a, like a you know you and me we're like we're like bacteria or you know we're even less than bacteria in front of Allah Ta'ala you know your little sins that you committed they're not really that big of a deal to him jalla wa'ala he's that's why he's happy with your tobas that look you know this this person may be like less than a bacteria but he has so much love for me that he feels bad that like he committed this sin Allah Ta'ala will forgive all of these things uh, and this is something we should remind ourselves, remind one another. We should remind one another about this as well. There are people from this ummah, Allah Ta'ala have mercy on all of us. They, they literally get so, so much despair, they kill themselves. And there's no, need, there's no need for that. I mean, one thing is a person is mentally, they have imbalances, they're ill, they need medicine and things like that. Uh, but there are others that just shaitan gets up in their head and just tells them, oh, Allah will never forgive me. Why Allah will never forgive you? Allah Ta'ala forgave people who are much worse than you. And there's nobody who's, there's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa son of Adam. Uh, 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 even if your sins fill the horizons as far as the eye can see. You can literally, the eyes can see like other galaxies. Even if your sins fill the horizons as far as the eye can see. Uh, if you ask me for forgiveness, I would forgive you. And I don't, it, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even phase me. It doesn't even bother me. So, uh, you know, that's what the point of this is, that you make tawbah and don't, 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 don't think about your sins, rather think about the forgiveness of the one who's forgiving you. Uh, and this itself is a sin. If you were to actually think your sins are such a big deal that, that, that Allah is not going to forgive you, this is a type of takabur, this is a type of, of arrogance. It's worse than the sin that you committed in the first place. I guarantee you it's worse than the sin you committed in the first place. Uh, uh, and, and really there's no, there's no benefit, there's no profit in going down that line. عن أبي عبد الرحمن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وعنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله عز وجل يقبل توبة العبد ما لم يغرغر رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن عبد الله بن عمر may Allah Ta'ala be pleased with both of them said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said Indeed, Allah Ta'ala, mighty and majestic as He, accepts the tawbah of the slave uh, as long as he doesn't, hasn't yet let out the death gasp. Meaning, as long as you're alive, you can still make tawbah. So the Yawm Al-Qiyamah is the death of the world. Uh, uh, the, it's a universal death in creation. And the, uh, 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 the death gasp is the individual death of every individual. As long as you have life in you, you can still make tawbah. You can always still make tawbah. You can be like, oh, look, you sinned your whole life and now you're an old person. Allah is not going to accept your tawbah. Or, you know, okay, obviously it's better to make tawbah when you're younger. But the thing is that, or look, you're now poor and you didn't make tawbah. And you're making tawbah now when you're poor before you were rich. You know, that was the time to do it. Or, you know, this shaitan puts all kind of dumb things in a person's mind. Uh, uh, and uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is categorically, categorically negating those things. As long as Qiyamah hasn't started yet and as long as you're still alive, the tawbah uh, is acceptable. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq to turn to him in repentance. Uh, inshallah we'll take a 10 minute break inshallah. Sallallahu ta'ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.